since this pandemic came upon us, many uh, Catholic commentators have made the point that while we ought to take the pandemic seriously, uh, that we ought to take prudent steps to protect the, our health and the health of others, uh, we ought to take even more seriously the much more deadly contagion of sin. Sin, the disease of the soul, if you will, which infects us all. Well, our first reading gives us a similar image uh, of sin as a venom or poison in the blood. In our first reading, the Israelites complain against Moses and, e and Moses and God, saying, Why have you brought us up from Egypt to die in this desert where there is no food or water? We are disgusted with this wretched food. So just to place this in context for you, the, this is after the Israelites have been delivered from slavery in Egypt by extraordinary and wondrous miracles on the part of God, such as the parting of the Red Sea. All right. Now, what we read next is this. In punishment, the Lord sent among the people seraph serpents, which bit the people so that many of them died. Now, we read the, that line in 2020 and we think, hey, come on, uh, does the, the punishment doesn't really match the crime, does it? I mean, they are complaining. Did they really deserve death? But that's us in 2020 reading it. The Israelites in the desert aren't like kids in the back of of the car on a long, long road trip complaining, when are we going to get there? This quote unquote complaining was essentially an apostasy. Apostasy is a complete denial of God, a wholesale rejection of the covenant. They were saying they would rather go back to Egypt and be enslaved than live as the chosen people of God. And this was not the first time the Israelites quote-unquote grumbled or quote-unquote complained in the desert, that is, apostatized against God. Well, the Israelites quickly realized the error of their ways, and they turn to Moses and, and say, you know, pray that the Lord may take the serpents away from us. And God gives Moses an, an, an interesting command in response to his prayer. He says, make a seraph, that is, make a, 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 a serpent, and mounted on a pole, and, and whoever looks at it after being bitten will live. Moses accordingly made a bronze serpent, mounted it on a pole, and when it, whenever anyone who had been bitten by a serpent looked at the bronze serpent, he lived. Now, I'm sure this seemed kind of a puzzling incident for a long time. Fast forward maybe a dozen or more centuries, a little over a dozen centuries, and Jesus Christ tells us what it means. Uh, he's having a discussion with the Pharisee Nicodemus, which is recounted in John 3. Jesus said to Nicodemus, As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believes in him may have eternal life. And again in our gospel today, Jesus says, When you lift up the Son of Man, then you will realize that I am. So Christ, and Christ will mention being lifted up a third time in John 12. You see, Christ teaches us what the bronze serpent means. It served as a type, a, a prefiguring or a preview, if you will. The bronze serpent is a type of Jesus Christ raised up on the cross. For Christ on the cross is the cause of salvation for those who look upon him, just as uh, look upon him with faith, just as the bronze serpent um, saved the Israelites who looked upon it uh, by the power of God um, who had been bitten 
by the snakes. What does this tell us? What is, what is Jesus's connection of himself on the cross with the bronze serpent? What does this tell us? Well, you know, today, especially in our gospel, Jesus says, when you lift up the son of man, then you will realize that I am. And when he was crucified uh, and they opened his side with a, with a spear, uh, what did one of the centurions say? Truly, this man was the son of God. They realized that he is who he says he is. You know, the cross has remained the symbol of the faith down through the ages. Why? Because by his cross and resurrection, he has set us free. How so? On the cross, Christ offered something to the Father that he loved infinitely more than sin displeased him, his only begotten Son. And so Christ on the cross super abundantly atoned for our sins and won the grace which forgives us our sins and makes us the adopted sons and daughters of God in him. But more than that, the cross shows us first and foremost precisely how much God loves us and ought to inspire us to love him in return. When we see the cross, we see that God is love. For there is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. And this is what Jesus meant when he said, you, when you lift up the Son of Man, then you will realize that I am. That I am. That God is love and that the cross is the greatest display of God's love for man possible. In these days where we may feel distant from God, where live streaming uh, Sunday Mass or uh, uh, Liturgy of the Word service simply pair in comparison to actually attending Mass and receiving the Eucharist. The cross is a reminder that God loves us, that God loves you more than we can imagine, that he went to the cross for you and for me, and he is with us now in the midst of this difficulty. Today, let's resolve to pray in front of a, a, a crucifix to allow this symbol of God's tremendous love to inspire us to love him in return so that he can make us the saints he created us to be.